welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm here. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. This podcast, just so you know, is brought to you by Barbasol and the new Barbasol Shave Club. It's featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. You can choose from three different subscription frequencies, and you can cancel any time. Grab the starter kit today and use discount code BROWNS to receive $2 off your initial order. Visit Barbasol.com today. So normally at this point in the podcast, we throw it over to our grandfather, who we like to call after the game, and we're actually recording right now after we just narrowly lost to the Baltimore Ravens, and we called our grandpa- grandfather, and we talked to him, but the audio got deleted, so no go. That's our apologies, wah, wah, Matthew. Wah. Yeah. Matthew, got any apologies to make? I would apologize. I just don't know that I could have done anything differently. <laughs> It's a computer computer malfunction, I, I suppose. Um, it's unfortunate because there was there were some gems there. Yeah, what Grandpa, do we need to inform everyone about? Grandpa has guaranteed that we win the division next year. Yes, he did. I mean, his and basically his his rationale is that Cincinnati's terrible, Pittsburgh's on the decline, and then he just conveniently didn't address Baltimore, which will probably be the biggest yeah. hurdle. I, I will say that I would have a lot of confidence in us contending for the division, barring injury. Like the sure. biggest thing to me is like being healthy, and um, if we are, I think we're in good shape. And we can't know what our team's going to look like at the beginning of next year with all free agency and everything. After so John Dorsey does his thing, I mean, how different did our team look week one of over, this year versus o- week seventeen? Over fifty percent turnover, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's going to be a very interesting thing to see is like how much tinkering does Dorsey do? I expect it to be a decent bit. Um, Defense is just about set. I mean, there's not that many positions where you can add a ton of bodies. We've we've got some back end of the D line that that can change a lot. We've got linebackers that can swap out a lot. Secondary is mostly set with guys on long-term deals who have played pretty well. Unless we wanted to move on from somebody for some reason and swap somebody else in there. Who knows? I, it feels like anything could happen. Um, what else did Grandpa say, though? Other things that Grandpa said was... He wants Greg Williams to get the job, which... He did say that. He also said that he would We informed much- him on the call that the reports were out there today that Williams isn't really going to get much of a look. He also said he would much rather have the Steelers go to the playoffs than the Ravens, so he was disappointed. Oh, yeah. He 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 reiterated multiple times how much he hates the Ravens. The thing that shocked me was he claimed that when the Browns left, that he would cheer for the Steelers. Like, that seemed like a step too far. Well, I've actually read a lot about that. Whenever the Browns left, the Steelers were, like, one of the only fan bases that were, like, really supportive of the Browns and, like, didn't want them to leave. Like, the Steelers' ownership voted against it, and the Bills' ownership, right, voted against the move. And then Hmm. all of the Steelers' fans, the Steelers' players the next year, wore a band around their arms to commemorate the Browns every single game of the next year. And Um, it's also... Sorry we couldn't come through for them this year. It's also a team that's playing the new, the Baltimore Ravens every year. Yeah. So They they hate them still. Yeah. Yeah. The reason that Cleveland and Baltimore or Cleveland and Pittsburgh is a rivalry, is there, there's a lot similar between the cities. And there, there's that natural geographic rivalry and kind of a similar mindset. So I think it, it would be a natural transition to go to. I still hate the Steelers, and I'm kind of happy that they missed the playoffs. Yeah. 
I'm happy too, but I would have loved to be the reason the Ravens didn't make yeah. the playoffs. I just really, anyway. really hope there's not a tie in this game tonight <laughs> to let the Steelers squeak in there. And we almost were. We almost were. Well, I really thought we had a chance to pull it out there. Um, we really lit on fire there in the second half. And uh, there were so many different things that if they had have gone differently, we would have won this game. And the Ravens wouldn't be in the playoffs. We wouldn't either. But the field goal at the end of the first half, if we just had made that, that would have been fantastic. Gosh darn it. It looks so good. Right off his foot. I was like, ah, right up the middle. It was it's going to veer a little bit, but we're fine. Yeah, it was the funniest field goal. I mean, I think it's so funny. From the perspective that the TV cameras show field goals, you, you really have no sense of like when it crosses the the plane they they really should do some like upgraded graphics for that where there's like a thing that goes is like red until it crosses the plane and then turns green or something well they could do a split screen behind the sky cam right behind the kicker yeah and then uh from the parallel view so you can see how far the ball is gone no what it should be is like a you know how like in golf how they have shot tracker the shot tracker it should be shot tracker a shot from the top like the top of the stadium send that so you see yeah far into the back and no it wouldn't have to be it. it wouldn't have to be it wouldn't have to be a real view it would just be a tracker that was showing the field goal post like the two dots like on the bottom of the screen and then the track of the where the ball's going are that you, would be sick are you saying like a graphic on the screen like just a graphic down in the corner while you're the showing the same video uh, that I'm, you already are i'm picturing a tecmo super bowl style like like field graphic at the bottom with the ball, like really skinny and narrow all across the bottom with the ball moving across it. Well, can they do the shot tracker? You would know, Michael. Do they do the shot tracker real time? I don't think they do. Yes. I think they go yes. back no. to No, it's all real time. It is, like yeah. from the tee? Yeah, they have technology that's behind. It has to go, the way they do it in golf is they have um, the technology set up behind the tee box that can track the ball. I wonder like if you could do that from there. far enough away where you could set it at each end of the field right. and do the shot tracker. Yeah. I would think so. You'd think so. Let's do uh, it. Let's call Roger. Yeah. Rog. <laughs> <laughs> we Raj, got, we, we got, got a million dollar idea hey, for you. We got beef. We want to know. Um, so there were so many different things. Um, the Jabril should have been fumble recovery touchdown. Oh. That happened. That was wolf. What do you guys think was the most surprising thing in this game so far with how well or not well we played? I was pretty disappointed in our defense not being able to stop them. That like I thought that ooh, we were going to have a little better showing than we did. We looked really lost in a lot of those like option plays where Lamar was running on the outside. We completely whiffed a few times. And the tackling, even when we seemed to read it, was pretty poor. Yeah, what was interesting is you're playing against Lamar Jackson, and so that offense becomes one-dimensional because you're not terribly worried about him throwing the ball. But they do run a lot of misdirection, running plays and whatnot. But we were stacking the box. We were going all out, and we were still getting torched on on those misdirections. And there, there seemingly was nothing we could do. We started playing better in the second half when we dropped the safeties back again, let them read the play from, from 10, 15 yards deep instead of being right up there in the line of scrimmage. Um, but I think knowing that that was the game plan coming in, it's disappointing to give up over 300 yards rushing. Yeah. You're going to lose just about every single week in the NFL if you give up 300 yards rushing. I knew that we had to be terrified of Lamar Jackson and his ability to run the ball, but I was not prepared for how quickly he got up the field on those read options, put his foot in the ground, and went straight line up the field. I was not. He's, was, he's faster than every player on the defense. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Fastest player on the field. Which I mean, is like, an, who's which faster is an than incre- maybe Perriman? 
could be the only person. Perriman, maybe Callaway, like in a dead sprint. Yeah, but that—that's that, an impossible thing to defend if if he gets outside the pocket. Yeah, it was surprising to me. And you saw those plays where we sent Mitchell or Carey on a corner blitz, and if and if they behind. didn't come home, yeah. if they were chasing him from behind, there's not a chance. We did get him down a couple times in the pocket. There's that one that got. Oh, that was one of the most frustrating points in the game to me. The roughing the passer. I think it was on Coley. That was, was on Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby, yeah, on that sack that got. Ugh. I mean, that's like that was the right call. It was the right call by the letter of the law, but it shouldn't. It's such be a the dumb rule. Can we like, get rid of that rule? His face, like with his hand, as he was bringing him down. Like I've never understood that rule. I, I think it's you can't make contact with the quarterback's head first, right? So no, you're, at, at all. Um, but you I'm, can't hit the quarterback when he's in the pocket in the head at all. I've I've never understood the like was was that a problem? Were, were quarterbacks getting injured by getting like hands onto their helmet? Like oh. like it, it doesn't really make sense to me. No, I don't think so. It Not d- that I'm aware of. I've never d- seen a concussion happen like that. That's from whenever they get thrown down to the ground and they hit their head on someone's knee. Or to me, it just makes the game worse. It makes it sloppy. It chops it up, and you you got to let the guys play. And their player safety is one thing, but that I don't I don't. Even before that rule was instituted, I don't remember players getting hurt in that way. And it makes it even more difficult to play good defense. Yeah, there's because nothing, there's, it's so exciting to watch a timely sack, and it it make it almost is eliminating that part of because right after that they got those 15 yards, and then they had like a another 40 yard 40 pass yard pass play, new. and then they just all of a sudden had 55 yards in two plays. And it really is an impossible play for the defender because if you're coming at the quarterback, you're need to get your arms up to block any passing lanes, potentially bat the pass down. And then you're coming, and then down. You're coming down to make the tackle while everything's moving. While you're being blocked right there yeah. in the chest, and you've got to come up over the top of the lineman to grab... What are you- it's darn near impossible. I don't know what players are supposed to do. Yeah. That was infuriating to me. Um, but nevertheless, we still had, came down within two points. So I want to ask you guys right there at the end of the game, it was lined up to be, I think, a 59-yard field goal. I don't even it think it was that much. I thought we were, we were at the 42. How did we end up at the 42? I thought we were at the 39. We were, I at, the 40, we're at the 42-yard line. That does change it a little bit. 56 versus 59 is a little difference to me. But still, you had a whole 10 yards you had to gain on that play to stay alive. I still think I'd probably try the field goal. So, I don't... It's tough. Uh, we've got a kicker who's who's got a leg and is probably capable of hitting that kick every once in a while, but isn't confident. I don't have any problem going for it. the The difficulty was we missed that out to Jarvis. Was that on third and ten, or was that second and ten? The out to Jarvis, where Baker had a clean pocket and just left it behind him, and Jarvis had to reach back with one hand to try to make yeah, the catch. Yeah, that was a misplay. That if, was if the we, missed opportunity. You, you've in those in those late game situations, you've got to stay in rhythm. You can't afford to to get down to like a fourth and ten situation. Um, I wouldn't have minded us using our timeout to get into a good play for fourth and ten, but we seem to be under control um, in taking it in stride. Uh, it's a brutal way to end the game. That oh. that was. That's not even on Baker. That's an incredible play by C.J. Mosley, who who came on the blitz, ended up getting picked up by Batonio, and who then kind of held him a little bit. Even yeah, Batonio did his, and then he dropped back into coverage yeah. to tip that ball in the air and intercepted himself. 
Yeah. That's just one of those plays where <clears throat> it's just one of those plays where you have to tip your cap to to a good player making a good defensive play in that situation. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Duke coming in behind him on on kind of a quick slant. Yeah. Um and had room to run, probably had a chance to get that first down, which would have been incredible. Um this is a big game though. We came up short, two points short. Baker set a record, set the record for the most touchdowns by a rookie quarterback, 27, surpassed Peyton Manning and Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks, who each had 26. But Baker did it in his own way, only played 13 games on the year, uh, 13 and a half. Only threw 14 interceptions. Peyton Manning threw 28 in his rookie season. So we have to be looking up. Yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, I was. We were. Ta- we were talking like early in the second half. And I was like, I almost think I'd rather see Baker get that that record than us win the game. Oh yeah. And that proved to be all that we got in it's, this it's, game. But I feel much better about that. That's the more lasting memory. Yeah, because honestly, know, it's, a, it's a more impactful thing. We can go eight and seven and one, but we're still not making the playoffs and. Yeah, it's the first time we've been five above five hundred since two thousand seven. But nobody's gonna remember that five years from now. If Baker still has the record five years from now and there's another good rookie quarterback pushing that record, you'll be able to look back and say, I remember watching all the games where the guy broke that record. Yeah. It's a much it's a it's a much bigger feather in your cap than just going eight, seven, and one for the first time. He's not gonna be able to break the rookie touchdown record next year, but we can go above 500 where, and I'd, I would be sorely disappointed if we weren't at the trajectory that just this team's going. Um, Baker finished with 372 yards passing, I believe on the day. A lot of yards. Three, 376. Um, threw a lot of, threw a lot of balls today. 42 attempts, 23 completions, 54% completion percentage. What was a what was that a function of, Michael? Just because we couldn't run the ball, or because we were behind all day? I mean, it, it could be a little bit of both, but we, we I, struggled to get an offensive rhythm for most of the day. There was that one ridiculous pass he had at the end of the first half when we were trying to get down to get those points, and he knocked his hand on that um, other helmet. He had had a lot yeah. of incompletions up to this point, so this doesn't entirely explain it. That was the but, throw to Higgins. But I wondered, I w- yeah. But I wondered how much some of his like inaccuracy on certain plays, like the Jarvis Landry play you mentioned, was a result of his hand not being a hundred percent, which like makes sense. Could be. You could tell. You could see his two knuckles on his index and his middle finger were were like bloodied up. Yeah. So if you're just not a hundred percent holding that football, like, uh, and a few of your balls are not going where that you want them to be, like, it kind of adds up to me. So that would be one excuse I might throw his way, but um. He was pressured a lot. I think the Ravens, on obvious passing downs, they brought a lot of pressure and wanted to see how he would react. And honestly, I think he did really well on making decisions and seeing what was coming. Like, he saw the pressure coming. There was the big play that set up our the final touchdown that we scored, you know, the one, the, the record-breaking touchdown for Baker. But the big play on that drive was the quick snap where he read the blitz coming from the corner and he was able to get it out to Higgins on the quick screen and he ran for 
however many yards it was. It's like 30 yards or something. Yeah. But that got us down into scoring position. And then he had a similar good read and great throw on the touchdown pass yeah. to Callaway. For I all mean, the pressure that Baker was under today, yeah. he was, wasn't sacked a single time. Yeah. The only times he were brought down, it was um, overruled by a penalty. He wasn't sacked, and I would argue that the interceptions he threw weren't a result of the pressure. You know what I mean? They weren't terrible passes on his part. Like, I'm not even – there. it was tipped balls and stuff like that that resulted in interceptions, but they're the type of interceptions you have to expect to some degree unless you're playing Tyrod Taylor-style football where you're holding the yep. ball back every time. Yeah, if you're being aggressive and you're in a situation where you have to go make a play, like, there's going to yeah. be – error there's gonna yeah. be turnovers and that like we said that mosley interception at the end which is a great play by them and even if it wasn't a pick it's still end of the game even if he just got tipped um and then jimmy smith made two really good plays on the ball um that first one on the first drive was tipped in the line of scrimmage took the trajectory and some of the pace off the ball i think let smith get underneath it um still probably wasn't a great pass and, and he was Callaway, kind of backpedaling. Callaway, Callaway should have come back. Callaway to the ball. got pulled back and he lost his balance, and so he couldn't keep his position with the defender behind him. Um, one pass that I thought was definitely going to get intercepted was I think it was our second to last drive. Baker was back scrambling around, running out of the pocket, back into the pocket, and he hucked the ball 50 yards in the air, huge over where Antonio, or not Antonio Callaway. It was Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins caught the ball over the middle. In the middle of the field. And he yeah. was somehow open in the middle of the field after running his route for like eight seconds. I could not believe that ball, that that Higgins was there and was open. Overall, it was, it was fantastic. So we talked about we talked about Baker setting the, the rookie touchdown record. Mark, somebody uh. who, who didn't quite get their, their benchmark on the day was Nick <laughs> Chubb. Well, he did, and then it got... The rug got pulled out from under him. I saw so many tweets that was like, it's official, Nick Chubb, 1,000 yards on the season. And then people were like, oh, this didn't age well. That's yeah. unfortunate. Man, if you told me today that he wasn't going to be able to get 28 yards. I would have told you that we lost. Yeah. We did. Well, which we did lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would have thought that we got but especially blown after that, out. After that first quarter, he was running the ball well. Yeah, we had a handful of like solid runs on that first drive. He only had nine attempts today. It was weird. Well, we were so we were down. We so had early. so many drives that we just didn't do anything. Where like he right would up. have an attempt or two, and then it, that was it. It would go for zero. The yards drives didn't live then, on. Yeah. And Duke got a lot of looks today because we were in a lot of we were behind and we were in a lot of passing situations. Duke had four rushes, four targets in the passing game. It was interesting the way our entire offense looked this whole game, and it could be because we were down just about the entire time. But we were just taking shots down the field. Like, all of our yards came out of big chunk plays. Well, they were they were just sending people at Baker. Yeah. And so if we could pick it up, you had one-on-one coverage down the field. And then um, on that Paraben touchdown, they didn't send anybody. You could tell that it was zone, zone coverage based on the pre-snap motion. And Baker just picked him apart. And, and the freaking sa- Tony the Jefferson just, just planted yeah. He was he was looking at Jarvis the whole way, and I I, I don't know if Baker was was giving him the eyes and, and going to Jarvis and then just put a move on him, and then just tossed great. it right over his head. You know who had a really good game today? I think all our receivers played really well, especially in this stretch. But David Njoku had some really good catches that I hadn't seen him make before. That far downfield, fighting with another person's body right there on top of him, 
those contested big boy boxer. catches. Yeah. That's yeah, what I like he, was to doing see. Them. he had he, the contested big boy catches, and he had some good move, like quick, short. He moves caught that ball three yards past the line of scrimmage, make and made a guy miss. miss and turned it into fifteen yards, which he he rarely does. That's the he, sort he's of such dynamic. a good straight line athlete, but you you kind of see little rigidity when he's trying to change direction, and usually get the defender is just right there. It was still stuck. rigid, to be clear, yeah. but uh, it was effective. There was a lot of really good catches in this game, but none better than Jarvis's on the last drive. That catch was... It was nice. Perriman's catch on the sideline was pretty good, too. Which still, I'm not 100% sure that he was in bounce, but I'm really glad they called it that way to start with. We So, as much as the refs screwed us on that fumble, the goal line play with Lamar Jackson... They got all the replays right. All the replays were right. And, and in our and favor. they all ended up in our favor, <laughs> which is... Something. I mean, if they had called that Perriman catch incomplete live, I don't think I don't they overturn it. No, I don't think he could. It was so hard to tell whether that first foot was still on the ground or not. Yeah, and you couldn't. You couldn't. So, so I think that it would have to stand. So we got fortunate in that regard. The Ravens fans, you could hear the boos throughout that entire drive. They were absolutely livid. I mean, I'd be ticked. Oh, yeah. Two back-to-back reviewed plays for like 20-plus yards get overturned, not in your favor. Um, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this wide receiver core that we have right now with how good Perriman's looked in the past couple of weeks. Like he, well, looked, he, he looks not, like a number one He's pick. a free agent. He, yeah. He? But, but yep. he, there's no reason why we wouldn't be able to sign him. And I think we probably will. Now, I made this comment when we were watching the game, and I really think a huge part of why it's reasonable that he would be back is because that means he gets to play with Baker Mayfield. Like, when you are a receiver, like, same thing for Higgins, like, wanting to be signed long-term. He's had quotes in, re- in recent weeks about, this is where I want to be. Of course it's where you want to be. Like, that's the dude that you're tight with, and he's, like, can put the ball better in better placement than any, almost every quarterback in the NFL. Like, it's going to make you look better. So here's what's interesting. I think we all... And be fun, I think we record. all feel like we need an, uh, an impact upgrade in the wide receiver core. But we all feel pretty good about the current form of Perriman, Higgins, Callaway. Jarvis isn't going anywhere. That move Callaway put on, I don't know who it was on, on the line. Is that shaking? Yeah, it was Brandon line. Carr. Just doesn't even right let him get it. It. Doesn't even let him get his hands on him. I um I so, wouldn't hate us investing a middle round draft pick on somebody and maybe also signing a known quantity as a veteran for just like overall depth. So, because like, we've got Ricardo Lewis coming back, which, but I don't think you count on him. If like that turns into something and he deserves a roster spot, he earns that roster spot. Um, but I want like a reliable player over the middle that you can feel really good about. You sign a rookie, and then you think about where you're at because I don't think you want to. A lot of Browns fans are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I don't think you want to count on Jarvis Landry long term. I think you like definitely have him around next year. And it'd be nice to be in a really solid spot where you can dump that $15 million per year and open up the cap flexibility f- for some other positions. What kind of receiver do we need, though? I think what, we just need a... skill set? Whoever it is has to run really good routes. I don't really... I, it would be nice to have a bigger-bodied receiver um, that can be more of a threat in the red zone. Um and go up over people and win jump balls. Because right now, the only guy that really fits that description is Njoku. 
and I'd like to have a threat on both sides of the field. So, so I've got th- three names here, or four names that, that are interesting. Of vets, yeah, who are going to be free agents this year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. That would be Depending the, on the number one staff, selection for 2019. Yeah. Well, yeah. he can run routes. He can run routes. <laughs> Randall Cobb. No. He's a free agent. Golden Tate. Well, he would be great. And Golden Tate's really good for Baker, would be really good for Baker Mayfield. An interesting player who's going to be a free agent is Tyrell Williams, Chargers wide receiver. Yep. Big body, can I, run. To me, though, he's, 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 he's a Brashard Perriman clone. Like, if you hold on to Perriman, I don't think that Tyrell Williams is gives you too much. But Des ap- Bryant. <laughs> no, he's not the one I want. Yeah, there, there just really isn't... Um, no, but it's tricky. You know, there's guys like... Um, I'm trying to think of some of the names um, that signed... Like Ryan Grant type of receiver. That's like lower down the list, but has been in the NFL and produced on like a decent offense, but just been like a fourth or fifth option. Like those type of guys that like get signed later in free agency is kind of the avenue I think I'm looking at. Yeah. If we don't go with a Golden Tate or Larry Fitzgerald or something like that, which I don't consider to be a likely situation. Yeah, Ryan Grant can be interesting. Jermaine Curse, maybe. Nah, he's been horrible for the Jets. Like, Has really he? bad for the Jets. Kevin White. Like, we could, I think we could Jermaine Curse is. Rashawn Perriman all over again and just, like, resurrect Kevin, Kevin White. White's career. <laughs> I, think, I think Perriman would be happy to play the Ravens twice a year as well. He played great today. He certainly did. Played great today. So, before we get to free agency, yeah, we need a coach. True, true. All these reports coming out today. Greg Williams is not likely to be retained as the Browns coach again. They're just reports. That was from Rappaport. It was Rappaport and Jay Glazer, evidently. Yeah, that's 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 Jay solid. Glazer? Jay Glazer's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, and um, so I think we can expect for that to be a change. Now, we talked at length last week about why Greg Williams could make a lot of sense. And Freddie Kitchens oh, was kind of at, at, at the center of all of that. But I, my initial reaction to hearing that he's not being considered is somewhat disappointment because of this great finish that we've had. And I kind of want to roll that back. But what I want more than that is to have a clear understanding of where we're going and what's going on and for the organization to be 100% on board with that. And the fact that they are looking to move on from Greg Williams indicates that to me, that they have their eyes set on something in particular. Now, I could be wrong, but that's what it says that's what it says to me, and I think that gives me some optimism because I think the safe thing to do is to keep Greg Williams. Because the public uh, opinion would be very supportive of that. And um, oftentimes these things, that's not the great way to go. So some of the reports coming out um, is that the leading candidates are Josh McDaniels, Matt Campbell. People have said Adam Gase if he gets fired down Adam Gase is an interesting one. Peyton Manning loves him. Loves him. And if, if he's good enough for Peyton... It's good enough but, for me. But how funny to me. But so Baker like, Mayfield's better than Peyton. <laughs> true. The as a rookie, touchdown better. <laughs> as a rookie, undeniably, better season than Peyton Manning. But Adam Gase took the Dolphins to the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill. 
Tannehill's been hurt the last two seasons. I don't think Tannehill's great. That roster's pretty terrible in we places. We had lengthy discussions heading into the draft this last year about which team was worse. Which team would we want to trade? Because we saw the considered the Dolphins or the Bills potentially trading up with us for yeah. that fourth pick. Which one would we want? Because which one did we think was going to be worse? And it was a question. And it was a serious question. I think I thought it was going to be the Dolphins. And they're not that bad. And they have been pretty solid. They were in contention. I mean, they beat the Patriots, obviously on a fluke play. But like they have been in contention this year. Didn't they win seven games? Oh, yeah. They were in contention for the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. Until I think they won seven games. two weeks, yeah. I mean, so if they move on from Gase... I'll take him. I, think, I mean, I wouldn't... I think that's a pretty reasonable situation. Yeah. What would... Huh. I wonder if Gase would come with Vance Joseph as defensive coordinator if Joseph gets fired. Because he was the secondary coach down in Miami. Yeah. Wasn't he? Or did they, like, miss each other? Did, they have missed, no, because this. I is, think there was a one year overlap. Second year, and I think there was one year overlap. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of defensive coordinators on the market. As we're recording, Todd Bowles, Bowles got fired yep. from the Jets. Um, you're going to have Mike Pettin's going to be back on the market. Greg Williams will be on the market. Greg Williams will be on the market. Blake Williams. Blake, yeah. will be on the market. <laughs> uh, you got Marvin Lewis. Most likely, if market. they hire Hugh Jackson. Oh my gosh, we need we're to having have a party. party. We'll we'll have a we'll have to have an emergency podcast just to celebrate. It'll be so great. Have a just toast. knowing that there's two wins a year guaranteed. Oh, it'll be great. And, guaranteed, and that that will fire our players up twice a year for sure every year to play oh, him. That's, That's going to be a fun. How one like to devastating would that have to be to your fan base? Um, no, I told you this on the podcast last week or the week before. There are. I talked to someone who's close to the Brown family who thinks very highly of Hugh Jackson and would be excited to have him we, as their head coach. We just had a bunch of family in town, most of whom are Bengals fans. They all live in Ohio, yeah. Cincinnati. Did any of them want I didn't Jackson? ask. I didn't ask the question. I just assumed to know yeah. the answer. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a dumb question to even ask. The yeah. only question <laughs> I heard asked was, who do you expect to be the Browns or the Bengals coach next year? And they were like, uh, probably Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I mean, after 16 seasons yeah. or 17, whatever it's been. telling them anything, yeah. it will be Marvin Lewis again. All yeah. right, so Michael, you said that you are wanting the Browns to have a singular direction for where they go as in their new head coach, a type of profile that that coach is going to be. Yeah. What do you want that to be? Who do you want? Like, don't pick a name, but pick the type of person that you want to fill this job. Um, someone that has conviction. <laughs> Unlike Hugh Jackson, <laughs> you know what I mean. That isn't looking to like protect himself, but is looking to like lead the organization, lead the team, um, and is going to work in concert with Dorsey. You know what I mean? Like you've got to find the right fit, like to make the whole machine work. Like there's a lot of different levels to it, and um, head coach is just a hard spot to be in. Like you're getting pulled in a million different directions, and I just oh, it's tough, it's tough. And I definitely would lean towards an offensive-minded coach. Yeah. So um, with the way the NFL is, I just think that it gives you much more stability long term. I've talked about how I the one of the big things I didn't like about Greg Williams, even Bruce Arians, was that it didn't seem like a long term answer. I really want some 
ideal situation to me is a quarter is a a coach that will be paired with Baker Mayfield, a la Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Drew Brees for the long haul, where those two are attached to the hip. The system and what's in place like is not going to change as long as those two are there. That's the ideal situation yep. to me. And I don't. So you're saying a young guy? I don't care. Younger than fifty five. Would be preferred. I don't even think they have to be younger than 55. Because, would be preferred. I mean, yeah, I mean, Baker and what? I'll play like 15 years max would be like great. So that would take somebody to 70. So yes, 55. I mean, but that's, that's, yeah. I mean, Dick yeah. LeBeau just quit, right? Yeah. Or, he's I like think, 90. I think in all spheres of the world, younger than 55 is generally better. Yeah. No matter what the position <laughs> is. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but. So Michael, who, given the, the names that have been rumored, who is who is your top choice at the moment? That's realistic. I know I, I know you're f- in favor of Dane's suggestion of call Sean Payton and do that. I don't think right, that's, that's necessarily a, that's a realistic. Pipe dream. So, uh oh, sorry, we're we've Get got the there. Sunday night game Let's on. Touchdown, Titans just Titans. oh Making man, Andrew Luck interception. Captain Andrew Luck uh, is going to regret that one. That was foolish. All right, Michael. Um, I do think Adam Gase is a good consideration. I would be. Okay with that. I am honestly expecting though a name that we're not talking about. Um, I like Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City guy. That wouldn't bother me at all. Um, but I'm definitely geared towards the offensive guys, and that's a lot of it. But in that situation, though, Kitchens doesn't stick around. I know the Kitchens Likely. thing is like the really interesting aspect of this whole thing. I have no idea how that's all going to shake out. I think my preference at this point would be a guy like Bruce Arians who's worked with Kitchens and isn't looking to be here long term. So you bring in Bruce, say, Freddie, this is your job in two, three years, whatever, when, when Bruce is ready to hang it up. I just don't, I don't know that those Freddy's scenarios to, don't play out that well. I don't I haven't seen have name a heir apparent coaching situation, college or NFL that has worked out like that. It just doesn't have. It sounds good on this end. It sounds good on this end, and I think it. The person underneath gets antsy because they feel entitled. It just creates a weird power dynamic that is detrimental to the team. I don't. And oftentimes that person ends up leaving early. Yeah, but I to think go if, do something else. I think if there's a defined time limit on it, I think if if Arians comes in and like knows that he only wants to coach for two years. Sign, sign Arians to a two-year deal, you know? And and then Kitchens, I mean, look at where he's come from the beginning of the season. Why would he not? He was a running back. coach He's the running back coach, the coach, and then he's like, oh, in two years, I have a guaranteed spot on one of the most up-and-coming teams in the NFL right now. So that that's my preference. I, I get what you're saying, that it doesn't necessarily work out. But I'm not, I'm not 100% comfortable in just restarting completely and going in a completely different direction. I, I know that the upside is, is, is there if you go with a guy like Gase or some other like offensive guy that could come in and do just as good a job. But that makes me nervous as heck to try to switch things up at this point. Um, Mark, what do you think? Nervous, but... That's, I- that's my number one plan. Is, and it's because mostly because I care about what Freddie Kitchens has done here and the relationships he's built with Baker Mayfield. And I think that it's the perfect combination of what both you guys are saying, where if Freddie Kitchens can be that guy that's attached to Baker Mayfield at the hip for the rest of his career, he's a younger guy. Like, 
That oh, that yeah. would be perfect. Where yeah. where in all of this do you rank just like going ahead and giving Freddie Kitchens the head coaching job? I Okay, so what I would like with that I'd be nervous as that would be but, crazy. But. I wouldn't be nervous at all. I wouldn't be nervous at all. What do we know about Freddie Kitchens? Everybody loves him and he like listens to the voice and is respected and protects his players. He seems like the guy that everyone's going to play hard for. The thing that really scares me about a Freddie Kitchens situation is like the responsibility that comes with being a head coach of overseeing the whole operation. So Freddie Kitchens would need like a Bruce Arians as like his like top he would need somebody with like the head coaching experience to be like the assistant head coach or whatever like that. Or Todd Bowles. Or Todd Bowles, like yeah, a guy like that to completely own the defense. Yeah. Right? You own like, the defense. You've also been a head coach, so you can help. Right. The, and the right pairing, I, does that exist? Bowles kind of makes sense because they, they both, both were in Arizona. I don't know if they have rapport um, or not. But that's an idea that I could get behind. Whatever it is, it's got to be like a Sean McVay situation where he gets somebody that's like really solid, has a lot of experience, and can own the other side of the ball, which is exactly what McVay did yeah. with Wade Phillips. The the daycare and Medicare yeah. combination. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, I, I think actually my, I would prefer that over the Arians with Kitchens as next in line. Who, who would be the number one DC that you'd want? Bowles? I think there's a lot that could be good. Yeah. We were just I, I'm about. not that worried about finding the right one because I think there's going to be a lot that are going to want to come. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of good options. On That's that my front. favorite thing about how this season has gone and how strong we finished at the end of this year. We're not going to have to pay a Browns tax in free agency. Yeah. Like, we're actually going to be... Who is in the state of our roster. This team. Yeah. Exactly. And we have the cap space to be able to bring some serious guys in there. I'm super excited. So as it stands right now, um, we are, the Cleveland Browns, going to be the 17th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yep. Come on down if you want to grab a beer with us. We will be here. Be happy to do that. Right before us is the Carolina Panthers. At 16, 15 is the Washington Redskins. Going all the way back, 14 is Atlanta, then Miami. Wait, they, run through it like in order. In order. So from 11 on. Yeah. Cincinnati, Green Bay, Miami, Atlanta, Washington, Carolina, Cleveland Browns. Washington and Carolina. It's so hard for me to project what some of those teams' like needs might be. Um, Washington's really stocked up on interior defensive linemen in the last few years. Like, I highly doubt that that's the route that they will go. Carolina probably doesn't need that either if they're able to retain their... Really? I feel like they've got some guys on one-year deals and stuff. Like, isn't Star... Didn't they sign... Who did they sign that used to be like a big first round? Who does the guy that he didn't he come from the Chiefs? The big defensive tackle. Benny Logan? No. No, he's on the Titans, isn't he? He got hurt too, I think. Anyways. Oh, Poe. Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he was just on a one year deal, I'm pretty sure. So, anyways, that could be a position the Browns want to go. Interior defensive line could be taken. They might need. But it's a deep interior defensive line class. Oh, huge. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's such an interesting spot to be in uh, the second half of the first round. Yeah. What do the Browns need? 
at, at 17. I mean, we're probably looking... I think defensive line is the most likely option. I think um, it wouldn't shock me, honestly, if we went with another corner, if there's a top corner that's available in that spot. Be great. There's I feel a... like safety is completely sure up. Randall's been fantastic. We're going to re-sign Randall. Jabril, in the Randall we're going to re-sign Randall, keep him at safety. That's a good fantastic. question. I would think we would sign him to a long-term deal. We picked up his fifth-year option, so we have him under contract for next year. Um, he wants to play safety. But the, the market for safeties, like I, I just feel like you can sign Randall to a deal that isn't that doesn't suck up a bunch of cap space because safeties just don't make that Depends much. on how reasonable his agent is and Randall is. Randall could be a sticky one. He has proven to be kind of a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't like want to presume like how reasonable you can be with any sort of negotiations with uh with Demarius Randall. Him in particular. Yeah. Um but needs in the first I don't think there's like a guaranteed like surefire need. I think that it would be surprising for us to go like wide receiver there. Like that would be Why? Just cuz we have four guys that we I don't think feel are that rosterable lo- looking at the our front office's history. I don't think that you've seen that um, in the past. Yeah. They don't go wide receiver too early. I think like Randall Cobb is like the highest draft pick that any of those guys have taken. Um, I can see offensive line, depending on how our offensive line shakes yeah, out. Yeah, left tackle um, could definitely be an option. But 17 a little deep in the draft to take like a top flight tackle. They're normally gone by then. So you're kind of picking from the Scraps. next tier. Yeah. You know, whatever that is, like the top tier offensive tackles that you feel really strong about go in the top 10. Yeah. And what do you think about linebacker? If there's a guy, I mean, like this year we saw like Van Der Esch. That's yeah. like, like really good linebackers fall in that range. You, and you, can, you get, can get a linebacker in the, in the teens. I think it's an option. Like Devin Bush from Michigan. Yeah. He was one I had. a guy who I'd, I'd yeah. look towards. Yeah. It's a position oh. of need. Devin White from LSU potentially could be there. There are going to be good players available there inevitably like this is the range where derwin james was picked last year yeah. like guys fall that are really talented and if we're prepared to be flexible um which i s- expect the it browns would, front office to be i think we should be able to get a quality player it would be great to get an interior defensive lineman yeah you can amazing. put next to larry for yeah the that's next the, that's my years. inclination how amazing is it to even be able to speak like that that we can be flexible in the mid-round of the first round and not have to fill this obviously glaring gap. It's well, the first and time. the needs are going to be a lot more clear at that point, too, <laughs> after free agency, because there's there's a lot that still has to shake out. All sorts of things are going to happen. But before that, there's not many different... These teams that are looking where that are in front of us don't really have quarterback needs. Uh, maybe Cincinnati... They'll probably pick a quarterback. Maybe Washington. Or maybe um, they won't. Maybe they'll just really? roll it back with Marvin Lewis and the Red Rocket. <laughs> maybe they will. Maybe Washington will pick a quarterback, but I don't know that that many teams are not in those mid-levels going to be picking quarterback, but they're not usually picked there. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. If you are but quarterbacks wanting... don't affect us anyways. Like well, We would but, love for quarterbacks to be taken. But the more quarterbacks that are taken in the early rounds, the more things fall back to us. That's normally yeah. when the good players get pushed back into the middle of the first round is when you're taking a ton of quarterbacks over value. Um, if you're wanting to come to the draft, we would love to hear from you, though. Reach out to us um, on Twitter or send us an email because um, we're going to be trying to get some Browns fans together. 
um, watch the draft together here in Nashville. Um, what's, the, what's the next exciting Browns thing? The next the ex- senior bowl at the coach. end of January. No, coach being you hired. get a coach. Well, we'll have a coach well, in the next couple of weeks, I expect, unless we want to go after some coaches on some of the you know the playoff, playoff staffs. Teams. Yep. I, I don't suspect that, though. I don't know. I think the Browns have a lot of power. I think the Browns can like put people on hold. I think the job is desirable enough that some people will hold out. Because who are we competing against? We're competing against the Bucks. We're competing against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Which that Jets job isn't terrible. I mean, you got Darnold in place. Jets job's not terrible. No. No. Um, the Broncos, potentially. Did they let the go Dolphins, of Joseph for the sure? The Dolphins, potentially. Yeah, maybe the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals is almost the a sure thing, actually. Well, it's no, Hugh Jackson's, Hugh Jackson's settled Woo! in there. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh's got that job on lockdown, for sure. Yeah, but, but we're definitely the more favorable place than all of those places. Green Bay? Yep. That's a, favor- a lot of That's jobs. A, Green Bay is a favorable location. Green Bay would not be a favorable good job. location. It's a favorable job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> location to be employed. It'll be interesting to see because I don't. I don't feel like there's a lot of like top, top high profile coordinators that are available. Not this year. Not I mean, right now. this this time last year when Josh McDaniels turned down the Colts, people were like, "Oh, he's never going to get a look." Um, in the NFL again. That situation is actually why I think the Kansas City guys are going to have a really good chance and be pretty sought after. Because that happened, they had to go back to the well, and it was the best thing that happened to them. Yeah, because they, they, they went with Frank Reich. And nobody really knew much about him, but he came from that same tree. And so I think that that's going to want to be replicated. Look at him now. Sticking it to the Titans. Winning this game. Probably going to move on. So, yeah, the coaching search will come up. We'll definitely have a podcast about that. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Um, then the Senior Bowl coming up. Going to all head down there. Are we going to head down there? Hopefully. That's Buy the plan. That Airbnb. That's the plan. <laughs> we planned on it, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we actually get to do that. Hopefully we get to meet a few people. If you're there either, um, let us know. Do some podcasts from, from Mobile, Alabama. Hopefully a few videos. We'll have to do some videos yeah. if we're yeah. live on location. It's really our skill set. We're just multimedia, you know, we're savants. A, we're a conglomerate now. <laughs> it's going to be like the worst camera work you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Can't hear a thing. Camera's zooming in on in our iPhone direction. cameras. Our iPhone camera's <laughs> zooming in on tackle prospects warming up. Um, yeah. Then we got the draft. So it'll be um, exciting. We're going to do a pod next week. Normally, just so you know, we do on the off-season podcast, we do a podcast every other week. Um, because, you know, at a certain point, we're really scraping for news. But whenever anything big happens, we always do a podcast to respond to anything like that. If we hired a new coach, we would obviously do one as soon as we could. Um, So keep your ears to the ground. Listen for that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Um, Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Barbasol. And if you shave with Barbasol, you can join the Barbasol Shave Club, and you can get razors shipped directly to your house. And I tell you what, you can fill them at very convenient intervals, one, two, or every four months. Um, and you can sign up, modify anytime, no strings attached. Join the Barbasol Shave Club today. Go Browns. Didn't finish 500, above 500. Bummer. Eh, Go Browns. Seven wins is good. Remember this time last year, we were sitting here after Corey Coleman dropped the fourth down pass this feels to better. go 0-16. 
I'll take this. This feels a lot better. All right, go Brands. Thank mm-hmm. you.